1: Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. We will be joined in just a minute by Dwayne Long. First, I have to let you know that today is our thank you to all Ohio State fans everywhere. It is a free day on Bucknuts. Get access to all premium content on our site, our message boards, the premium content on all 24-7 sports sites and their message boards as well. We could not be more thankful for your patronage during what has been a ridiculously tough stretch of time for everybody. So spend the entire day on Bucknuts for free. There's also a great deal on there for those of you who aren't yet subscribers, so check out the content, take advantage of the deal, and enjoy with the rest of us today. We are going to sit and enjoy the fact that Ohio State is recruiting at a level never seen before. Who better to bring in for that than Dwayne Long? Dwayne, how goes it?
0: Pretty celebratory mood over here with the way things are going with recruiting. I mean, my goodness. Wow. You know, Dan, you got to... It, I remember this. I, it makes me smile when I think back on it, that there were the naysayers who thought we should do a more thorough uh, coach search when when Meyer resigned. They, you know, they, oh, this guy, we don't, he's, he's unknown, and we don't know if he can recruit. Well, I wonder what they're saying now, because there's no question that he is recruiting at an even greater level than Urban Meyer. And we could, who would have expected him to do this? If he could have gotten close to being as good as Meyer, it would have been, you know, we would have it said job well done, well, job well done uh, by Gene Smith once again when it comes to hiring. But this guy is, look at what he's done with receivers. Receivers and quarterbacks. He's bringing in the number one guy in the country, Back to back, I mean, three years in a row, he has now brought in the number one ranked receiver in the country. Wilson, Fleming, and now Caleb Burton.
1: Which brings us to the topic of the hour. Last night, the number one wide receiver in the class of 2022, Caleb Burton from Del Val, Texas, verbally committed to Ohio State. Since our last show, Quinn Ewers, the number one quarterback in the class of 22 from Texas South Lake Carroll High also committed to Ohio State. There are some that think he is the best quarterback not playing college football. Dwayne, please tell us what you think of Caleb Burton as a player, and then Quinn Ewers as a player. We will sit back and enjoy.
0: Uh, Burton is just a phenomenal player to watch. I see a kid that is very much like Olave, except he's a more physical kid. He's stronger. He can play either, you know. He's one of those kids that is not uh, a big kid like uh, split in X receivers are, uh, but he plays the game big, and that's something Garrett Wilson did that impressed me. Garrett Wilson was Garrett Wilson was a more substantial kid. He's heavier, uh, but they're about the same height. But they just go up and get the ball. You know, you you got these guys out here, these kids out here, these six two, six three, six four, and you expect them—that's their game, back shoulder, fades, this kind of stuff. But Caleb Burton could play that game at about six feet tall, and, and but he's also quick enough and elusive enough. Throw him down in the slot. Look at look at the damage Garrett Wilson is doing in the slot because it's such a mismatch. So uh, he's absolutely the best receiver I've seen on film this year uh, so far, and I I can't see that changing. It doesn't look like a class like the last two years, which were both phenomenal. Still a good class. And being number one in this class is a a, uh, uh, five-star, it's a mark for him to To be number one in a class uh, of this caliber, Um, he's just (laughs) and it's and getting these kids early. Here's the thing: we always talk about holding on to these these kids that, um, especially from out of state, when they commit early. But Dan, the 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 numbers for kids that commit early, sticking with their commitment, is overwhelming you got kids that, that uh, change their mind, but overwhelmingly they stick with their commitment. And when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. They know where they want to go to school. That's the early kids know what they want to do. That's just, I love it. I'm, I'm, it's been a thing that we were, we thought it could happen that Burton could come on in and get it over with. Uh, and also we got to think about how close we are to the early signing period. It's not that far away. You know, just the season starting late and everything that's going on, we probably have it in in the back of our heads that the first signing day is further away than it is. No, it's not. So we could have these kids, usually the early commitments are going to go ahead and and sign. This is big, guys. This is this is a huge get again. Three years in a row the number 1 receiver and they come here. That's incredible. And then you look at the quarterback situation. <laughs> This kid, you, you watch him throw the ball, it's so effortless. And I love that he throws the ball with both. He can throw it, he can gun it, but he throws with such accuracy and such touch. Usually you got to teach a high school kid more about the touch pass. You know, just lay it out there and let them run under it. When, when, when you throw a frozen rope and when you just put it up and let your receiver run under it, he already knows how to do this. Just a phenomenal get and I'm telling you we got some kids let's not (laughs) the quarterback room is, is looking pretty good right now but this kid is going to come in and somebody's going to have to be very special under center to keep him from coming in and challenging for that starting job he's that special.
1: I can't even get my mind around what it would be like to be a Texas fan. Hypothetically, if they came into Ohio and took the top receiver out of the state for three straight years, I know you were referring to Julian Fleming, but Jackson Smith Najigba was rated two by some and higher by others. He's from Texas. And now you come in and take the quarterback as well. It's incredible what Ohio State has done in Texas. I know everyone has busted out the stats where they're recruiting five stars in Texas, Way better than Texas. You can see why Tom Herman's hot seat has gotten incandescently warm.
0: That makes it that much more sweet. This guy left Columbus with nothing but good tidings and people talking about, well, uh, if Urban Meyer, if the cyst forces him to retire, uh, maybe we could go back and get Tom Herman.
1: In the interest of full disclosure, I was one of them at the time.
0: and And now... This guy has put himself in the middle of an ugly situation. Not only did we go into Texas and take him away from Texas, we took him away from Texas as a commitment. That makes it that much sweeter is that uh, that Tom had him and we took him. Oh, I love it. And I'll tell you another thing, as a— kid growing up in the Buckeye State, Buckeye fan from uh, from birth. I remember when Bo Beckler was coming in here, and I believe Lloyd was still in there too, when Michigan just came in and raided Ohio. Earl Bruce just assumed the best kids in Ohio were coming to Ohio State, was not a very good recruiter. I mean, we can look at the Michigan rosters at that time and just be shocked at how many elite recruits were leaving the state of Ohio, it was so very frustrating to, you know, be such a fan and to see our greatest rival just walk across the border and pick who they wanted.
1: They took two Heisman Trophy winners out of here.
0: Yes, two Heisman Trophy winners. We know Woodson didn't even visit Ohio State. I feel the Texas fans' pain, but I enjoy Tom Herman's
1: pain. I told you today was a free day for Bucknuts. It's also a free day across the network. If you'd like to feel Texas's pain, you can go over to their message boards and read it. Tom Herman is under assault. We're going to take a quick break, come back, talk Buckeye football.
0: Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international
1: bestseller. Judging from the general vibe among Bucknutters, you'd be surprised to know that we are 4-0 and and headed into a game against Michigan State, who is not good at football. Have they let it go at the end? Yes. I do think too much of a big deal has been made of that. I think their first volley has been strong enough. What is your vibe on the team? What needs to be changed, if anything? And how do you feel about the game coming up?
0: I'm not worried about it, but that has a lot to do with, as you said, Michigan State's bad quarterback they're just they're not good football team illinois is as bad if not worse uh and michigan is a bad football team when we're playing them here what i'm getting at is i'm not worried but it's got more to do with our opponent than it does with how we're playing defensive backfield i don't know what we we got to try to do something different dan the the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for a different result. These guys are not getting it done. I'm telling you, Proctor is the only defensive back who should know for sure that he's starting on Saturdays. Thinking that Sean Wade is not a good football player right now, that's just hard to fathom. I'm saying let's mix the young guys in. Why can't we get these guys mixed in? One thing we don't know, Urban Meyer had things pretty locked down with, with injury statuses, Ryan Day has turned it into, I'm the, I mean, it's the Pentagon over there. You can't get in. A, he is just won't let out anything. So, you know, we maybe these younger guys are hurt, but I don't understand. I said um, when we signed him that that Ransom would, he may not start at the beginning of the season, but he will be in the starting lineup at the end of the season. And right now, I'm saying, why not? You cannot tell me. Uh, after the game Saturday, I, I talked about this one on, on uh, my long view. The only time I've noticed Marcus Hooker this year is when he's doing something wrong. He's not giving us anything. I mean, he's just bad. I don't know if it, they're just not a very good group of, of defensive back or if it's coaching. Because I'm telling you, they're, they're reads. You can watch this game in particular. More than any other well, they we didn't get toasted as bad in any other. We got, got lit up a bit, but not like this. You can see guys making mistakes, mental mm-hmm. error. When they show replays, you're like, Why did you do that? It's not
1: just that they're making errors, they're making like they don't know who to switch off on the first move. It's that bad.
0: A hooker is, is safety,
1: that's why it's called a safety. You're the
0: last line of defense. And this kid is making Just mistake after mistake after mistake. His tackling is highly suspect, let's just say. The entire secondary is not tackling well. They're missing tackles. football, if you can't block and tackle, you're going to lose a lot of football games. So the secondary is something I'm concerned about. I understand the Harry Miller experiment. You put him out there, trial by fire. But, I mean, Dewan Jones needs some reps. I don't know. Matthew Jones, we should try some other guys in there, Dan. He is really not doing well. That's about it. I would like to see Fields connect more with Jamison Williams. Williams played split in and in the slot last year. Seemed to be a lot more effective last year. Now he's exclusively a split in. Our tight end, Ruckert, has caught more balls than Jameson Williams. That's that's a big stat. We don't throw the ball to the tight end. We throw to the Jameson Williams even less. Very happy about the running attack. You know, I we don't have an elite back that's healthy. I believe Crowley is an elite back. I'm I'm not gonna call him a five-star, definitely a four and a half star, but he's the The kid that could run like uh, Dobbins could. See the hole and and get to it. What we got right now is a big, powerful kid that has really good speed for for his size. Run him straight ahead, and he's breaking tackles. He's getting yards after contact. Get this kid going north, and he's going to be a much better back. Running wide and, and asking him to find the hole, it's just not what he can do. He's not very good at it. So, but we did find a running game. Front seven on defense, they held Indiana to minus one yard rushing. Going up the middle is pointless. It's fruitless. Those tackles are destroying the people in front of them. And Borland is playing like you want a senior leader to play. He's really having a good senior year. The front seven, you've got to be happy. Browning is having easily his best season. And Werner belongs in the argument for most underrated linebacker in the country. You know, there's a lot right here. If we could straighten around the secondary, I would go back to believing this is uh, the likely national
1: champion. Just to echo what you were saying there about highlighting some of the good. I was looking at pro football focus yesterday in all of college football over the weekend. Tommy Togiai had the most pressures of any defensive lineman, and Tyreek Smith, was third in the United States. Also, I'm not sure if you guys know the name Jim Nagy. He's a longtime NFL guy. He is the president or the guy who runs the senior bowl. So he's evaluating all possible participants. He had a text yesterday that said the linebacker crew of Pete Werner, Tuff Borland, and Baron Browning is the best in the country, and it's not even close. So let's dial back to negativity just a bit. Realize that we're 4-0. We have plenty to be thankful for. Realize Thanksgiving is close. Love the fact that we dominate Texas. Thank Dwayne for stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters.